Hello, everyone, and welcome back to The Life of Riley. Today on the podcast, I have a really exciting guest. Her name is Emily Smith, and um, I'll give you a little introduction later when you hear the interview, but she's just an amazing woman with so many different talents and so many amazing things to talk about. So I'm really excited for you guys to hear that. So without further ado, let me hop into the interview I had with Emily Smith. Emily is a writer and tech founder based in Brooklyn, New York, but she's joining us from the West Coast today, which is amazing because we're on the same time zone. She writes about relationships, gender, and technology, and is currently working on a novel and a collection of essays. Emily earned her Bachelor of Science in Electrical and Computer Engineering from Cornell University and went on to earn her MBA from UC Berkeley. Go Bears. So definitely this woman is wicked smart. And after working in tech for many well-known companies such as Girls Who Code and Etsy, this jack of all trades went on to create Chorus, an insanely ingenious dating app where friends match their friends. Chorus aims to bring community, accountability, and humanity back to the dating game. I have read so much of Emily's work, and not only is she a talented writer, she totally gets it. She really understands love and the nuances involved with it. I feel like she's totally speaking my language, you guys. So without further ado, let me introduce you to this smart, talented, insightful woman who's honestly way too qualified to be on the podcast right now, Emily Smith. Hi, Emily. Hi, Riley. That was so nice. Thank you. That's oh my gosh. Sweet. Yeah. I had so much fun like doing some research on you. You're really interesting. Like this is exciting. <laughs> That's nice. Yeah, no, I'm so thrilled to be here. I love your work and just really excited to talk to you. Oh, it's going to be fun. So Emily, we're going to be talking about love and relationships a little bit today and kind of how relationships and dating are looking a little different in this Mm -hmm. like unprecedented time right now. Oh, yeah. So let's just start. Tell me a little bit, what is your like personal experience with love and relationships, (laughs) significant things that have happened in your life? Tell me about you. Yeah, totally. Um, So I don't really claim to be an expert on love and relationships. I work in it and I write in about it. Um, But I've, I'm, I'm often single. Um, I tend to find myself in like situations rather than long-term partnerships, although I've had very long relationships. Um, But uh, I've been online dating on and off for about 10 years. I, you know, I'm not someone who's, you know, a serial relationship person by any means. I'm a little bit more, you know, on the single side most of the time and uh-huh. and um, navigating different, like I said, situations. Yeah, I kind of find myself to be in, in a similar position, like not, not tons of long-term relationships, but I too have like used dating apps and been on dating apps and done the online thing. And so um, I totally, I totally relate. So what's kind of like, what interests you about you know, you write a lot about like love and dating and what's like interesting to you about that? Yeah, I mean, so I started, you know, I'm not a writer. Like you said, I I went to school for engineering, then I did business. Um, I started writing in like my mid early 30s. Um, I am fascinated by just how humans relate to each other. Like, I just think it's an infinite world of complexities and what drives us and why we connect and how society, 
you know, makes us view different values in partner. You know, there's so much that I can just think about constantly. And um, I when I graduated business school, um, that's when online dating started to become more normalized. Um, and I was out in the Bay Area. OkCupid was kind of taking over. Uh-huh. And I was approaching 30, 30. So it's like that time when you kind of start – you know, a a fair amount of people start taking dating somewhat seriously. And I just found myself in these conversations. I have a very, friends play a huge role in my life. Like my friendships are my family. And I found myself in these conversations with all my friends about dating and, and this transition to online dating. You know, I was super skeptical at first. I mean, I still am. That's largely why I created my own dating app. Uh Um, And eventually actually a good friend of mine was like, you should write these stories down and these thoughts down. And I did. And I just got so much satisfaction from it. Like I didn't realize before how much I enjoyed writing. And then I just kept doing it. And it's just so, I, I love thinking about these dynamics and the way technology was shaping things was very interesting at that point and it continues to be for me. Yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure I'm sure probably you get asked this a lot being someone that works in technology and also kind of in this like dating world and kind of about love and kind of a, a you know an uh, intersection of a lot of different a lot of different things but how do you think technology has influenced like modern dating? I mean yeah. is it helping is it hindering? What do you, what are your thoughts on that? I'm sure there's a combination but what are your thoughts? It's so hard. It's a mixed bag, obviously. They're, you know, um, it's helped in a lot of ways. It's certainly, it does very concrete things. Like, for example, interracial couples has increased significantly in the wake of online dating because we're interacting mm-hmm. with people we might not interact with in our normal lives. Um, when people do meet online and stay in a partnership, they tend to stay in a partnership longer. I think that's a real stat. We get exposed to more people. There, There's obviously a downside to that. And, you know, my first reaction when I started online dating, and I still feel this, browsing people like a catalog is very flattening to the human experience. I don't think it's healthy to look at an image and decide mm-hmm. yes or no. Like, mm-hmm. I think that's a very strange way to experience a person. Right. Um, Tinder took that seed of an idea and just totally exaggerated it, which is what everything in tech tends to do is like take this core desire. We have this like, I think, core desire on some level to like, form a judgment and just right. kind of blew that up. And so now you just see a face and an age and you decide yes or no. <laughs> like yeah. that is incredibly problematic, I think, um, in terms of what how we choose a partner, what we're looking for, how it conditions us to have a binary view about someone um, right. from the onset. So I, you know, something I wrote an essay titled this and I say it a lot. I don't think online dating is going away, and um, but I think something fundamentally needs to change. And so what I mean by that is like, I think online dating and exposing us to more people to a degree than we might meet in our regular lives can be 
super valuable. And I don't think that's going away. But as we're seeing with all these tech platforms who were largely designed by men and young men and people who are not really deeply considering the long-term impacts of the human experience, um, the way it's currently designed is really problematic. And so we need to kind of change how we're thinking about engaging with this. Mm-hmm. Um, the same way we need to think about how, like changing how we engage with so many social media platforms. Yeah, I think it's um, a totally mixed bag. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. And I want to talk about, I want to talk about Chorus and kind of like how it addresses, um, how, how it kind of addresses some of those like changes that need to be made. But I want to say too, I've talked about, I've actually done an episode like talking about just my own personal experience with dating apps. And one of the qualms I have with it is that it feels almost like, like almost like there's this like paradox of choice where like it, yeah. you, you always want to keep seeing what else is out there because you know that there's like thousands of options. If you keep swiping, you can continue to see more exactly. and more people. And it feels like, you know, just deciding yes or no. I mean, you're literally and emotionally kind of like writing that person off. Like they literally go away. They go off your screen. They, I don't know how the algorithms totally. work, you probably know, but like maybe they'll come back up later. Maybe they won't. Maybe that was a misconnection. And it's just interesting because so many like social media platforms or even like LinkedIn, right? Like where you want to make as many connections as possible on LinkedIn. There's no you never feel like bad or guilty or anything for adding like more people to your LinkedIn. But I feel like with these dating apps, because a lot of the times the the goal is like a monogamous relationship, having, pardon me, having all of these options where you're just looking by yourself and saying like, yes, no, yes, no, like that can be kind of overwhelming for users too. Completely. And I, you know, I, I a hundred percent agree. I've written about this too. That paradox of choice thing is so real I think, you know, my I, my dating career splits, career, whatever, my dating <laughs> life splits pretty evenly between like IRL dating and, you know, just meeting people through friends when you're out, whatever, and online right. dating. Um, and there's just something so lovely about the chance encounter of like, bumping into someone at a party or a bar who you like yeah. really connect with and you hold that you value that experience more because it's um it's it was rare you know it's a rare thing to just kind of encounter that in real life and so it means something to you and that's really important when you start to engage in an early relationship because you know, you're figuring each other out. And with online dating, it's so easy to write someone off. Like I feel, you know, there's, you can, you can send the wrong text or whatever before you've even met. And then someone judges you and you're unmatched. And next thing you know, like there's no contact. It's so inhuman. Right. Ghosted. I say this all the time, but like ghosted is in the Merriam Webster dictionary now. Like that continues to blow my mind. It's such a. Oh my gosh, I didn't know that. Yeah. And I, you know, I say these, I'm not saying these things from a high horse. Like I see myself doing this same stuff on the apps. And I'm like disgusted by myself too. I just don't like what these apps have kind of 
have how they've warped our our minds and and the way we treat each other it's really right and and the other thing so the choice that so many feeling like there's so many options is is definitely detrimental the other thing is like a complete lack of accountability Mm. um when when you met people through friends like i know a guy who knows the guy or you know whatever whatever um it's an these are real people in some orbit of your life online. They're, they're no one to you. There's, there's an image on a screen that can be, you know, made to disappear in a second and we can talk about it, but um, that's a a key thing I wanted to address with chorus. Um, But that, yeah, that whole lack of accountability is, is a thing too, I think. That is so interesting. I didn't even think about that, Um, but that's so true. I mean, that's exactly why like cyberbullying happens and whatever. Yeah. You're just there's no there's no exactly. connection there to your real life. So tell me about chorus and kind of in relation to like these problems that we're talking about, how it helps to kind of address some of these things. Yeah, thanks. Um, so chorus is the dating app I founded. Um, we launched late last year in December. Um, you never swipe for yourself on chorus. Uh, your friends swipe for you. It's about friends helping friends. My goal was to make dating less lonely and more human um, to make it more community driven. Like I said, I started dating when we all met through friends. It was a very social experience. It was very fun. Now you're kind of like swiping alone before bed or, you know, it's very hard to like talk about these people with your friends because they're just icons on the screen and you might never even meet. Like it's a very, so is it worth sending a screenshot to a friend? You know, it's a very strange, it's become very isolating and strange to like date. The other thing is I, to the accountability piece, I, I thought if there are friends in there with you if a friend is putting in the work to swipe for me and they think this person would be a good match, I'm going to take that. I'm going to take that serious, you know, more seriously. Mm-hmm. And they can check in with me and see how that conversation is going. I'm not going to be a total jerk to this person because um, there's kind of like a community in there with me. So I just, yeah, I wanted to make dating less lonely. Now, um, in the wake of COVID and quarantine, um, we found daters were, we, we would hold events um, at the beginning and daters really liked that. Um, mm-hmm. I think people miss meeting in real life. Totally. But um, now with COVID, we can't do that. So we also launched this thing that we're calling Dating Roulette, which is um, you get paired on five minute video chats with people who meet your preferences. And then after the video chat, you decide if you want to match. So, so daters still can't swipe for themselves. That's like a hard rule on course. We don't want to perpetuate this swiping mentality. Yeah, I think it's detrimental. Um, but you can have a quick chat with a person, see how you feel. It's time limited, so you're not going to get stuck in like some weird, awkward conversation. Yeah, that's and amazing. Then, decide if you want to continue the conversation or not. Uh, so so that's kind of this broad um- umbrella that we say we're making dating more human. We're doing that in two core ways, like looping your friends into the process and um, allowing you to connect face-to-face and not in a swiping experience. That is so genius. Like, seriously, I feel like that is just 
you know, it's funny because in my experience with dating apps, when I um, I used to live with like one of my best friends and we were both on a dating app at the same time and we would trade phones because it yes. was like we would just give each other our phones and we would let the other person do exactly because we wanted uh-huh. that. I wanted the input of my friend to like – because, you know, sometimes it's just um, – Sometimes it just, you know, it's just nice to have someone else be able to give you a perspective. And it definitely gives you a stronger reason to give that person the time of day that you exactly. maybe wouldn't have otherwise. Yes. Yeah. People are exchanging phones all the time. It's so interesting. I mean, yeah, it, that's exactly right. That's what we're trying to get at. And I will um, let you in on a new thing we're launching next week or at the end of this week. It's on our website now, but we haven't really um, made it too public yet. It's called Connecting for Change. I worked in nonprofits a lot. I'm like extremely politically motivated and I don't really hold back on that in my Uh communication and our newsletter, all these things. I feel very strongly like I kind of hate tech and capitalism as usual. So (laughs) the one good thing about like having your own company is you can kind of just do what you want to an extent. And so we are connecting people who are, who right now it's for me personally and professionally, like it's so hard for me to think about dating right now because of what's going on in our world. It's overwhelming. And so for folks who that is top of mind and are trying to figure out like, how can I have an impact, especially between now and November? um, We are connecting people in, in longer conversations using the technology we built around action plans, sharing resources, like, holding each other accountable and working towards change in November. Um, It's called Connecting for Change, and we're going to partner with nonprofits to share their resources and very specific calls to action that people can talk about. We'll, like, share prompts with folks to help facilitate these conversations. Um, And it's for single people. So there is a chance of, of meeting someone romantically, but it's, it's not really the focus. Right. And I think that's important too. Like online dating has made dating so it's like such a focused objective. You go in, like you're going into an interview, like it's, it's so versus just kind of interacting with people and seeing how it goes. And so this is really just about connecting people with similar priorities Uh around actions that mean something. If a date happens, great, but you know, that's that's not the primary point. So, that's a new ch- that's a new initiative we're we're going to start next week, which is exciting for me. That's really fantastic. What a really worthwhile way to use your your platform. I mean, that's that's really fantastic. Thanks. I think that that's so great. Um congratulations on that. I'll be looking forward to seeing that launching. I think that that kind of in one of your pieces, um what was it? Oh, the art of being alone. You yeah. you kind of talked about like how you found a love in writing, and it wasn't like a romantic love, obviously, right. but like it was a love. It, it was it was a love nonetheless. And I feel like with this um, c- connecting for change, is that what yep. it's called? Yep. You said. Um, it. I mean, that's what like you know you're you're focusing on different passions, different important issues. I mean, you could call it a love, like if you know you have a love for. Yeah, being a good person and making positive changes. Totally. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, that's just as important as finding this kind of romantic love, right? I mean, having, having those interests and passions outside of that. That's yeah, exactly. Like there are just so many other things and find, yeah, finding romance, just being a hundred percent focused on finding romantic love. Like I personally can't, especially right now, there's so much going on. So how can we put our passions in other places? So can you, can you, um, do you have to be single to go on the app to do like the matchmaking? No. Matchmaker okay. most of our matchmakers are in relationships and Oh, interesting. Yeah, that was a core thing for me because um I fundamentally believe and I'm happy to be proven wrong, but haven't been so far that people who are motivated to matchmake for their friends are people who are already settled into very stable relationships. Maybe they missed out on the online dating craze, but now it's everywhere. So they're kind of curious. They're not going to like download Tinder on their phone. if They're married with kids just to like log in on their friend. You know, it's a very, um, even if Tinder had this feature, I don't know that their brand is so kind of wonky that I don't know that you know, a married couple would download it. And on Chorus, we're so community driven. All of our message is about helping friends. You can't swipe for yourself. So there's no like, quote unquote, risk of seeming like you're going on there for yourself. Right. Um, So there's no, there's actually no other app that I'm aware of that you can't swipe for yourself. Um, And so this makes it very, like a very safe community for people in relationships to join. And they're the ones who are really interested in in supporting their single friends. That was another like another main reason that I started course was as I got older and a lot of my friends coupled up and got married and online dating became more and more prevalent. They were I I got more and more sick of it and I was so tired of of doing this and they were increasingly eager to be involved and I wanted a way for them to be cuz I didn't really want to I would rather them swipe than me do totally. it. Totally. I'm tired. Yeah. No, I honestly, my mom is going to be such a fan. <laughs> That's that she's, This is like her dream come true, being able to go and see people and try and try and um, find a good match for me. So really, this is – I think this is great. This That's is awesome. really, really good. Um, I'm curious to know, you know, with a lot of dating apps, there's – quite literal filters for you to, you know, select preferences and that sort of a thing. What are your thoughts on women having a type in a partner, like when they're looking for a partner? Mm. Is that a, is that a good thing? Is it limiting? What do you think? I think, again, I'm going to caveat all this with like, I'm not a dating coach, <laughs> but I'll tell you my personal yes. um, thoughts. I, I just want your personal opinion. Yeah. I, um, I do think it's important to know the core things that you're looking for and that you need and value in a partner. I think it's also and equally important to be interrogating that and like refreshing that regularly because certainly when I was younger, the things that I thought I was looking for are different than what I'm looking for right now. And, um, you know, we can, because of the society we live in, we can tend towards superficial things that don't really um, lead to happiness. You know, I'm so interested to see the long-term data on relationships that come from Chorus, because not at all that I'm equating the two, but 
you know, statistically speaking, like arranged marriages really last. And not yes. that this is not that this would be an arranged marriage at all, but um, and I'm sure that arranged marriages have higher rates of success, also probably due to just like cultural factors. Yeah. Um, but you know, there is research to to show that you know, if you're being matched by someone that knows you and you're you're being matched on things other than just like your initial visual attraction, that there might be some really concrete evidence to show that this kind of matching is objectively more successful. Oh my God. That's such a good point. And I'm so glad you brought that up because I forgot to, but yeah, that's another thing I was like, you know, something we say is like, get matched by the people who know you best. It's like, I don't necessarily know what's best for me. I mean, clearly it it hasn't been working (laughs) out for me. Um, But my friends know me so well and they probably, you know, not all the time, but maybe often they might have a better perspective on what I should at least give a shot. You know, it's up to me on what works, but yeah, a hundred percent on that. Well, and like you mentioned, if someone is in a in a stable long-term relationship or um, partnership, a marriage, whatever, you know, they um, they might know things, know, know to look for qualities that I may not see, you know, like maybe there's something that I'm missing. There's a quality that would really suit a, in general in a long-term partnership that I'm not aware of or something. So having that perspective of someone else, I just feel is totally valuable. Exactly. I Yeah, totally. That's Agreed. so interesting. I'm so. Do you track? I mean, just because I'm not familiar, can, can you track that to like see who? Like, is that like a market research thing? Like, how how do you track to know if people are? Yeah, I mean, right now it's just us reaching out and asking users um, to tell us if they are end up in a relationship. Eventually, we'll build something in the app where they can kind of like report out on that. But mm-hmm. we're so new, and then quarantine hit like months after yeah, we literally. launched, and like yeah. you know, it's it's the long term game um, for the, for that one. But yeah, we definitely want to get that data. What's that been like for you, just as um, a business owner and a founder of this? What's that just been like personally to launch this really like unique, a really mm-hmm. unique um, dating platform? What's that just been like personally to launch and then have this? pandemic how has that been for you oh my god I know I mean well first of all I I will say that like in a sense I feel very lucky because it is an online platform I am Uh not a brick and mortar business that literally has to shut my doors yeah my heart goes out to those people like I wish we were supporting them more Uh um so in a sense I feel very lucky and then you know multiple things can be true it's also been very hard like it's not the same as if the quarantine didn't if COVID didn't exist um on multiple levels I mean our initial strategy was to you know in business you should sorry if this is um things you already know but like no 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 please say okay (laughs) you need to focus on a primary user like who is your user and so Mm -hmm. we had initially picked matchmakers as our user they're the ones who are swiping we want to put messaging towards them really Mm -hmm. create features that engage them um and then as soon as quarantine hit like our matchmakers are mostly moms many of them have kids um in stable relationships 
their lives are turned upside down with homeschooling, da, 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 whatever. Right. And single people who originally were like, I'm tired of swiping. I don't have time for it. Offload this to someone are suddenly like incredibly lonely and looking for things to do. And so that in itself is a shift for us in terms of, okay, who are we engaging and how? Right. Daters don't have anything to do on our platform. That's an intentional choice, <laughs> you know, right. unless our matchmaker um, does that work. So that's why we very quickly, I mean, it. we very quickly started hosting these um, video hangouts for daters. We had special guests on different topic areas. We Then we tried speed dating. Dating roulette started by me just kind of like hosting these hangouts on Zoom and putting people in breakout rooms and like manually creating this um, speed dating experience and people really loved it. So then we built that into the app. Um, It's awesome. Yeah. I'm very proud of how quickly we reacted and innovated around the COVID time. And I don't think this is time limited to COVID. I actually do think um, meeting people for five minutes quick before you schedule a real date is a much better way than browsing profiles. Yes, um, totally. Yeah. So I think I, I am very proud of that. I, a thing that has been a challenge for me as a founder, well, A, it's very hard to get the word out about an app um, without just paying Facebook a tremendous right. amount of money, which is what most startups do and we don't have that money and also I hate Facebook actually (laughs) an interesting thing is we for a very long time kept getting rejected I I would try and do some advertising on Facebook because it's like unfortunately the cost of playing business and um they kept getting rejected and I found out recently that the reason was because in our onboarding for daters we give daters an option of like are you monogamous? Are you non-monogamous? Like, what are you looking for? And right. if you have that ability to to indicate that you're non-monogamous, Facebook won't let you advertise because they oh are- Oh my gosh. Right? I'm going to try and write an essay about this. That's um, insane. It's insane, especially given what they do let advertise on that platform, white nationalists, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Like- It's crazy. And so, I mean, on so many levels, I hate Facebook, but, you know, that was really annoying. And um, it's been very hard to get the word out with, especially without being able to leave the house and not having the money for like massive digital advertising or not having that be like a values aligned way to grow. So that's been a real challenge. And then on top of that, I have a real sensitivity to um, leverage, um, using crisis messaging in my marketing. So Mm. for example, like, you know what I mean? Like COVID is a national crisis and we are creating something to truly address. Like loneliness is, is high right now. Like it is a problem. And I do believe that our app addresses it. That's so earnest. Um, And it's just this constant personal thing that I navigate of like, I, I, I hate making this about where, I don't know, like we're doing all this around COVID. Like there's so many more pressing issues. There's so much more important work. You know, this is maybe 
being a female founder comes into play because I, you know, I'm hesitant to like boast about my work or whatever else. But the other side of that is like, I'm kind of okay with that. It doesn't align with our capitalist structure, but it's just a personal line that I'm constantly balancing. And same with this connecting for change thing. Um, Super, super sensitive to not wanting to exploit a national crisis um, for our gain, but also, first of all, we're not charging any money, so there isn't actually a gain. Right. And secondly, I, I desperately want to use my platform, if I can, to actually make an impact. So in all the nonprofits that we're working with, that my main ask is like, how can we design this so it best supports you? That's my number right. one. Um, anyway, but a bit of a tangent, but that's a thing I'm constantly thinking about. Absolutely. No, I can imagine, um, I can only imagine how difficult a line that is to walk and navigate and navigating in real time. Like there, I mean, there is no, there is nothing to look back on and see like how, how you should handle these sorts of situations. And I think that I just really applaud you for, just shifting so quickly and really like keeping up with all the changes and implementing this connecting for change. And I think too, something that you mentioned, like your, your app, your platform, the way it's designed, it doesn't, and I'm not just saying this, it doesn't have the, um, like frivolous nature Mm. of, of dating apps. I, I think really like, you know that. what I mean? Like it doesn't, because you're not swiping for yourself based on a photograph yeah. and like your top three interests or like your favorite cocktail, it's like, it, it doesn't have that same, it feels more about the connection, which, you know, apart from the fact that this is a real global health crisis with the pandemic, mental health during this entire pandemic has been so severely, um, impacted and having a way to connect with people romantic or not really is I think just so so important and of course you obviously didn't design this app like in preparation for a pandemic (laughs) but I think that it's kind of come at like an insanely unique time yeah um and I don't know I just I think it's really I think it's really great Thanks, Riley. That's really nice. I appreciate that. So you talked about like that primary user being the matchmakers. And a lot of – you said that a lot of the matchmakers are in relationships, married. What What is that motivation? Like what it, What are the – um? what is the motivation for them? Like do they know people on the app or are they just interested in matchmaking? Yeah, that's a great question um, and something I was asked about a lot at the beginning. I truly think, and what I have heard, this is not just in my head, but after lots of research, um, that the motivation is to help their friends, to support their friends. Help is a a kind of a loaded word that I don't actually love to use because it implies finding a partner is this kind of ultimate goal, which I don't believe Mm. that it is, but Uh you know, if you're on a dating app, presumably you're, you're kind of looking for that, um, to support their friends in finding a partner and you know tech is so male dominated almost all the almost all investors are men um many of my advisors are men um 
I had a lot of pushback. They were like, I don't think that's a real motivation. I don't think that's a strong motivation. I was uh-huh. like, I, I say this every time. I'm sure that you don't. I'm sure right. that you don't <laughs> because none of our matchmakers are men. Maybe like maybe 10% are men. Uh-huh. Uh, men don't possess this motivation for reasons that I could talk for a long time about that are related to the way our society is structured. Um, and not all men, obviously, but women, especially women who are a little bit older, you know, not that being in your thirties is old or whatever, but, um, (laughs) you know, who, who understand the power of like long-term adult friendship, um, and have these conversations regularly, this is a natural extension of conversations they're already having and truly want to be there and support their friends who they know are struggling because everyone knows online dating sucks. Like that is a truth. That's a global truth. Um, And so I would have to say to these investors, like, yeah, that is not a thing you experience. I get it. But like it exists and it's pervasive. And I don't need a gender balance in my matchmakers this was something I had to grapple with because I wanted to write all these essays about male friendship and how men, you know, should want to support their friends in this way and how I want chorus to like help strengthen male friendship. Yeah. And sadly, it's like not a battle I can focus on right now. Like I need gender balance in my daters because I need to make matches. But if all my matchmakers happen to be women right now, like, so be it for now, okay. as long yeah. as they're doing, as long as they're engaged um, and feeling the need to support. Right. And, um, and they are because, you know, a lot of the guys I talked to were like, you should gamify this. You should make it about like getting points. Like you get enough matches, you get certain points and then you get this. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And, you know, that's how our tech culture works. And that oh. is a strategy. And, um, but everything's a trade-off. I have a, I have a limited number of resources. Do I spend time in gamifying my product? Um, or do I spend time in other, um, features? And for me, I didn't want this to be about gamifying to get points. Like I want it to be about supporting our friends. That's our whole kind of like thing is about make, strengthening relationships in all forms, platonic, right romantic. So it wasn't important to me to gamify it. And like, again, maybe who knows, I could debate this for a long time of like, you know, if we should put resources into that or not, I think about it often, but for now that's kind of the direction I took. And that's the motivation I heard from a lot of my female friends and users. I think that's a really great point too, about strengthening relationships, platonic and romantic, because if I'm matched by a friend and I'm matched with a person and that romantic relationship works out, not only am I gaining a a partner, I'm also really strengthening that relationship with my friend. Like that's a new bond. Yes. Um, which is so cool. It's really, really cool. Do you see other dating platforms moving towards features that allow for friends to um, help friends in this way? No, Um, I don't. Uh, I mean, Tinder recently bought or I think they acquired it, this this app that kind of does that. But 
it's owned by Tinder, so they can't actually say they're trying to change dating the way we we are. You can still right. swipe for yourself, but your friends can do it for you. And it targets like college kids, basically. And I just don't. That's not the that's not the world I'm trying to um, dabble in. And it's not who I think are really serious about um, helping each other in the way that I'm talking about. Totally. So. Well, and I think that key difference that on your platform, you don't choose for yourself. I can't see any other dating platform ever making that the right. the, the goal. Like that's right. not how any, that's not how they function. Yeah. It's so it's just so different. Um, one, one final question. I'm so sorry. Everything you say, I just like feel like I have another question about it. <laughs> no, it's great. I love this. It's very fun. It's so, it's so fun to chat with you. So you're, you, you mentioned, um, First of all, I really appreciate you're very uh like punctual with your speech. Like I like how you're you're very intentional. And so you were talking about that word help versus support mm. in, in talking about um friends supporting their friends in romantic relationships. And I want to ask about you you mentioned in your quarantine making you realize how little you care about yourself piece. Yep. Um you you kind of talked about like that motivation for to only help yourself like you know you're only motivated by like getting up and like anything for yourself and so I want to know do what are like the practical or emotional implications of the role of a partner like did are Mm -hmm. they are they not necessary you know because like I I never want to use that word because obviously they're not but what is the role of a partner as far as like motivating and supporting? Is that important? Uh, yeah, I know. It's a great question. And, you know, I'm sure it's different for everyone. I, I really do think it's different for everyone. So I'm just going to speak to my motivation. You know, the thing I was saying in that essay, and thanks for reading it. Um, that's very nice. I'm bringing it up. was kind of this realization that I am just, I have to, in quarantine, you just have to show up for yourself every day. You're not going to meet someone. You're not being seen by some, by other people outside of Zoom call, but like, come on. And, um, and so I was, I felt stripped of motivation. Like if I, if no one's seeing me, if there's no one regularly in my life, why am I doing anything? (laughs) Right. And that that really calls into question my own self-worth because like, you know, at this age, I'm like, I should be doing this for me. I say I'm doing all these things for me. And right. then that really gets called into question and um, people are flocking to Instagram because they want to be seen. And oh. in some sense, there's real value in being seen. I'm not diminishing that. In another sense... I don't, I wish I didn't have to rely on that. Like a thing I personally want to work towards is having enough self-worth that just showing up for myself and not being seen is enough. And I don't mean solely focusing on the self, like volunteering is so core to what I believe. I write in order to like impact and communicate with other people. Like my friends are everything to me. It's not, it's not selfishness I'm talking about. It's like, valuing my own time 
and not not being motivated by what other people expect of me or or how they're viewing me or whatever else. And so for me, that is not the point of a relationship. I'm not mm-hmm. saying that is for most people or whatever, but I, I talk about this too in some of my essays. Like I'm infinitely interested in, you know, human relationships and dynamics. And so for me being understood and understanding someone else and having someone who like knows you so well and sees you on like in a really um, core way that doesn't happen all the time. Um, You know, it sounds a little cliche, but that is what is so important to me. Someone who just knows me gets me. It's so it's so interesting to hear you talk about your personal experiences and then hearing how you created this app because I feel like when you talk about showing up, you want to show up for yourself. Like it's it that's that's what's important. It's important to be motivated by nothing but yourself. Like no, you know, just an, an intrinsically motivated mm-hmm. showing up for yourself. And chorus you literally, because you're not swiping on other people for yourself, you are literally only showing up for yourself. Like that that direct connection on other dating apps like Tinder where you're putting a photo up mm. to directly be shown to a potential partner for them to choose, like that that direct That's connection is gone. So you're really just showing up for yourself, like literally. That's so interesting. Yeah. I love that. I think that that's so cool. I love how it just like reflects – it really, I mean, I know this was the point, but it really just reflects and addresses like just personal experiences in dating that you've had yeah. and that I've had. I hear what you're saying and I relate yeah. to it. And I know so many other people do. I've heard so many stories. When I posted an initial episode about my experience of dating apps, I got so many emails from listeners mm. being like, this is, I totally relate. Like, I feel the same way. This is happening. And I mean, wow, this just really takes, kind of puts it on its head, which is so cool. So cool. Oh, thank you for that. Well, Emily, thank you so much. I'm coming up on an hour of your time here and I really appreciate it. This has been just so interesting. You're so cool. You're so cool. (laughs) Thanks. Ditto, Riley. This was so fun. I really, sorry, there's like a helicopter going over near me. Oh, no worries. Um, welcome to LA, I guess. Yeah, this was so fun. Thank you so much for having me. It was it was great to chat. I was so fun to chat. Emily, is there anything just at the end here that you – anything you want to say or like plug or whatever? Yeah, I just – you know, I encourage everyone to check out Chorus, getchorus.co. Um, join us for Connecting on Change. I think it's going to be Mondays, but we're figuring it out. So check the website and – Follow us on Instagram at get underscore chorus. And um, yeah, just thank you again. This was great. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'll leave, I'll leave all of those. Um, I'll leave the Instagram handle and website and where you can get the app. I will leave it all in the description of this episode. So thank you so much, Emily. It was such a pleasure. Cool. Thanks so much, Riley. Same. All right. I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Bye. Bye. Hey everyone, I really hope you enjoyed that episode as much as I enjoyed recording it. Isn't she just fascinating and phenomenal and badass? Like, 
just the coolest. So excited. So I went ahead and left links for um, downloading the chorus app, getchorus.co. I went ahead and left those links. Instagram, Emily's writing, Emily's Instagram, everything is linked in the description of this episode. So please check it out. And that connecting for change feature that she mentioned in the episode is now live on their website. So go check it out. I am so thrilled that I got a chance to talk with her and I really hope you guys enjoyed it. Have a wonderful rest of your week and I will see you next time on The Life of Riley. 